I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hello, hello, and welcome back, everybody. We are back, finally, for a spectacular one-night engagement to discuss Penny Dreadful City of Angels episode 789 with an emphasis on 10, our season finale. I am not alone. I could not do this alone. I'm your host, Cody Epperson, and I am joined by my fellow co-host, Mr. Adam Carr. How's it going, man? What's going on, man? I'll be your Sancho Panza throughout this uh, <laughs> whole thing tonight. Uh, doing well. How are you? Hope you're well. I know we're missing I'm... a little bit of the team, but we're going we're gonna to keep it going. Yeah, we'll keep it going. I'm doing well. It's good to be back. It's been a minute. We have... We, we what we missed the last or not missed, but we haven't recorded for the last four or five episodes. So we got a lot, we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> we do, we do. Should we catch up on episodes seven, eight, and nine right now? Yeah, let's pop in. Let's like, let's just jump in real quick. So we unfortunately we don't have Brian with us tonight. We're waiting for Tori to join. Hopefully, she'll pop in shortly. But in the meantime, let's talk episode seven real quick. I just want to jump in and get started because we got so much to talk about. Episode yep. seven, Maria and the Beast. And what I recall, what I have written down, what I recall from this episode is Maria, who is the mother of Detective Santiago and the whole family. Mm-hmm. She works, she's a maid at Dr. Kraft's house in Pasadena. And the literal devil moves in to the house and is now... Is and Maria, the mom, is now working, literally working for the devil. And I thought that was such a crazy irony and a twist. Um, Adam, how did you feel about that? I mean, I feel good because Tommy's so freaked out by that little Frank, the little yeah. Oh, poor child. Tom. Oh, They're no. Like, you know, and she's like, maybe they should shout rooms, yeah? I'm like, so we can kill him? Sure. Right. Uh, like, hamster. He, kills, he kills his hamster? What a That freak. was so messed up. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it's pretty terrible. Uh, she's horrible. Maria, it's funny, This uh, the, the Vega family uh-huh. is, is like the Skywalker family in the Star Wars universe. They're just around where all this big stuff is going down. And whether yeah. they have villains come out of their family or heroes. Dory, hello. Yes. Hi. Y'all, I don't know why I thought this started at eight. You're here now. You're here now. You're We're here talking now, about ladies and gentlemen. Seven. We have the lovely and fantastic Tori Weaver joining us. Thank you so much for coming on, Tori. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Welcome. Good to see you. Thank we were um, to catch you up real quick, Tori. You haven't missed a whole lot. We're just because um, we're covering seven, eight, nine, and ten. We're gonna focus on ten, but we just want to skim seven, eight, nine real quick. We're just still talking episode seven. Okay. Um. Yeah, they're crazy. Uh, I also wrote some stuff down here. Let's see. Um, uh, I love uh, Brian, the the kid who's going to make the rocket for the Nazis. Oh, yeah. He had a very, uh, it reminded me of like an alternative facts or like just rebuff of what's going on. Because when everyone was dogging the Nazi party, he's like, no, 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 that's just politics. That that that's just the the paper or the media how they portray them. That they're really not that bad. They're just trying to do these things. And you guys, you get so caught up in the dramatic of uh, you you take them literally, and I'm just taking them seriously. And I feel like that is absolutely what we've done with politics on either side. We're either taking someone literally or we're taking someone seriously. And uh, I think you know, as we've learned uh, from history. Uh, Nazism has always seemed to be around the United States. It's nothing new. 
Um, but it's definitely creepy, again, just hearing Hitler's grandiose plans of building his quarters in, you know, Hollywood. Like it's, uh, it, it, I don't know, it's crazy. It's creepy. Yeah, it's, it's, there's definitely, I know we're kind of trying to keep it per episode. And I feel like when you get into series like this, you don't know what happened on what episode at this point. I know, right? But there are so many parallels to what is happening now. It's almost like, and I think we've said this even before, um, even before some things have happened in our current reality, we've just said how much this series really mimics and mirrors what's going on. And I think in every episode I had to like, I don't know, just kind of like take a moment and really like take it in because those words or whatever the script um, was saying at the time just really resonated what was happening here, especially in the finale, which we'll definitely get to. But I was just like, gee, I don't need. And of course, when you're writing these things and filming them, you can't um, you can't predict the future. So nobody knew what was going to be going on. And of course, these issues aren't new, but they just really speak to the times that we're experiencing now. And I think this was just like beautifully timed, even though it was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy coincidence. Like, I literally watching at least the season finale for sure, and even episode nine, I was just like, whoa, <laughs> like, this is, like, really on the nose. Like, really just, like, uh, speechless. Like, it was so That's what it is. precise on what we literally have seen. And being all living in Los Angeles, like, what we have seen in the last few weeks. Uh, I just want to note, uh, as we get to the end of episode seven here, jump to eight, uh, there was like one positive thing, even though Friar mm-hmm. Tuck, the poor hamster died. Um, Maria uh, is goes all out in the end because uh, Penny Dreadful, the angel of death here, has made herself visible to her throughout a lot of the episode. And in the yes. end, she shows up at her place of prayer and worship, and Maria is strong enough to banish her out. So that is important to note that even though it seems that there are these huge conspiring powers, the power of faith still seems to be enough to drive out something like that evil. Um, and then, of course, this brings us into, let's see, uh, episode eight, where Maria is helping Tommy bury the hamster of Friar Tuck. And she says, like, I believe you. And she gives him the little coyote uh, necklace to like wear around his neck to help protect, which of course is going to draw some major shit fireworks going later on in the episode. Uh, oh yeah, what do you think, or Cody? Yeah, first of all, um, we all knew that this child, even though he's not really a child, was weird. Um, and I hate you know I'm not saying this, I'm not talking about anybody's kid because technically he's not a kid. But I was just like, I knew that um, him coming into the house with the other boys, it was going to be. It was going to be an interesting dynamic. And I think a lot, I think a lot of people just in our reality in general kind of don't really pay attention to kids. They kind of just kind of say, oh, like get over it. Like you guys would be friends. They just kind of assume that like kids don't have a good sense of judgment or a good sense of what's going on. And I love how this show kind of wrote that in there because one, I think we all can agree a child will tell you the truth. They will tell you look beat down. They will tell you when you look nice. So just, um, him kind of explaining, I don't know what's going on, but I know in my heart that he killed this pet. And so it was really interesting just for Maria to believe him, even though she isn't yeah. um, just kind of confirming that for him. I mean, it sucks that she's confirming something that's scary, but just kind of like, I, I do like how that was written because there's so many times when I feel like children have said something to an adult and it's always just written off. Like you're being ridiculous. You don't know what you're talking about, but I'm glad somebody noticed that this kid was strange because clearly the father <laughs> is not. Right? 
Yeah, the father's not also, uh, it, it looks like too, Dr. Kraft then goes to visit his wife that he's put in the sanitarium. That's right. Uh, a great scene, which she literally just scares the shit out of him and just tells I him- I love I'm that. Gonna here. I'm gonna like, you can keep the house, you can keep your little German whore. At the end of the day, like everyone's gonna find out what you are. Uh, you find out this guy really is just spineless. Um, you know, like most Nazis, uh, but let's see. Um, damn, I'm trying to think what else. I love that Maria gave Tom the coyote necklace. Mm-hmm. To, and what I've, and that's something, I mean, it's, things are very symbolic. What's great, she gave one to Detective Lewis as well, and they're for protection. And as far as I can, I feel like it's easy to forget that Maria low-key is a witch. Like, she yeah. talks yeah, to, the, to the devil. She talks to uh, Santa Muerte. And these, when she gives out these coyote necklaces or pendants or whatever you want to call them, it seems like she's legitimately giving people protection. And I think, um, assuming that we're going to have a season two, I, that seems to be um, very important to me. Um, I think it was also very telling of just um, family dynamics that we see now. I think so many of us, like we've kind of seen that and depending on what you believe on it, just kind of like our families, especially our mother's thoughts, prayers, um, energy, just kind of being over us has probably protected us from a lot of things, whether it's in the literal sense, because, you know, moms can always sniff out the bad friends or just kind of like having that healing energy that you really feel like has protected you, maybe in a sense, like protected you from something that you didn't even know was happening. And I was like, it's just nothing like that mother love. You know what I mean? And I was like, wow, yeah. you know, this is kind of in a different sense. And she definitely does have healing or protecting powers, which is like you said, Cody, we've definitely seen in this series. It just kind of like played to that. Wow. Like I, I don't know what could, would have happened to me if I didn't have my mom's energy and her prayers and her thoughts over me. Oh, and man. speaking of mothers, I'm going to segue over to um, Sister Molly's mother, who we see in this episode has a huge change in attitude toward um, Detective Vega, mm-hmm. which I thought was so crazy because the first time that they interact, she's not even low-key. She's very pretty much just racist and rude to him. And um, in this scene, they get together. I don't know if you're, she, he, Lewis goes and talks to um, oh, Townsend. And Vega goes and talks to, I wrote down Holy Mother because I can't remember her name. But, um, and she's so nice to him and she's so welcoming and, oh, let me show you. And I think, and it's because in the new, and this is something that was my prediction, which we learned episode 10 was truth, was that her mother is who is responsible for the murders in episode one. Or it seems to be that case. That's what it's, that's what I gathered from episode 10. But, um, that's what I feared because they're like, oh, they blamed the one guy, the one Latino guy. And so I think that's why she was like, oh, it's so great you're here because now the heat's off me. But that's, um, that was just something I wanted to point out. Oh, interesting. I didn't put that together then. That was, that was pretty, that was pretty smart. I well, also- then it was a, it was a prediction. I was like, oh, I think she did it because she's yeah. the one who, I mean, her daughter was obviously involved with that man yeah. and she was so angry. And then she was so nice to detective to Santiago like I was like uh her attitude changed real quick a little too much and I also think like knowing that um Tiago has this not I don't want to say influence but you know her and I mean him and her daughter are dating now and I think she kind of sees okay this isn't really going away anytime soon eventually you know once you get the pillow talking some secrets might come out whether it's murder whether it's fraud I don't know whatever but I think kind of knew like wait a minute 
he's definitely going to be around. And he does. He seems very persist, persistent about like figuring out things that are happening. I mean, like doing his job. So I think she was like, let me kind of switch up my attitude before my behind behind bars. Totally. They also show us we uh, Townsend has a little date night with Kurt, the little Nazi. Yes, and they go to that club. Underground gay club in LA, which seems like, it just seems so cool. Or I mean, not, but like also that they have- I wanted to go. Systems, <laughs> so like they can ring that and then everybody switches partners to be yeah. like heterosexual pairings. To be safe. <laughs> safe, and just the fact that, I don't know, it, it also pissed me off about Townsend because I'm like, you're gay and you're marginalized and you don't feel safe and yet you are exactly doing to other people what you feel and that shame and that um and it it makes it infuriates me even more when you when you see that but then you also see oh he's the sweet nice guy he's trying to have this moment i'm like all right he's dating a nazi and he's also being really terrible to all these people i still hate him but it's uh it was cool to see how that happened and also uh, getting back here to the end, uh, Frank has the little kid, Frank, demon boy, Damien, whatever you want to call him, uh, gives Maria this little, uh, you know, trip into a nightmare. And yeah, that was crazy. On her head. And then he puts his hand on, you know, the oven so Elsa can come there and be the nice little German witch and just say, what did you do to my child? I'm like, clearly just put his hand on the stove. Exactly. Like, about it. Oh. Was, really? You want to blame her? She's standing clearly across the room. But then Dr. Kraft like stands up and he's like, she's was, like, you're going to fire her. And he, she's like, he goes, gives her a raise. We're going to give you a raise. Right. Not only keeps her, but gives her a raise. I was like, yep, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. That was awesome. Shut up. Um, so he's not entirely spineless. No. Like, and we have to give him some credit. I mean, he is. Like he one is vertebrae. Yeah. He's got, he's a slight frame. Uh, and then of course, Mishner Nathan <laughs> had my favorite line when he finds out about Tiago and sister Molly. A secret lay is always good. I'll give you that. Great quote, Nathan Lane. <laughs> and then, of course, Very they have a shootout at the end of episode eight, which leads us right into episode nine. Yes. Um, let's see. It was basically... Yeah, sing, 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 episode nine. It was uh, the Nazis who tried to kill him, but, you know. Oh, it's- yes. Every time you, like I said, every time you think you're starting to figure something out, it's like Nazis... You just, they just come and you're just like, what is going on? But the first note I have for this episode is that Detective Lewis, like, literally goes to that country club and just walks in and starts talking to, like, the main Nazi guy. And it was like, you know what's up. I know what's up. Here's a gun. If you want to just do it now, just kill me. And he's like, and then Goss does the really psycho evil genius thing and starts telling him about his kids and about how his kids are. Oh, yeah. And he's like, you're going to be our grandfather again. And you're like, holy shit. These are, it, it was like a Kaiser Sose moment when Kaiser Sose's henchman like starts telling each of them, like, this is who we're going to kill in your family if you don't yeah. do what we're going to do. And you're like, these are bad guys. Like, these are very bad guys. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I thought that was crazy. Let's see. Um, gosh, let's see. It's, so much happening. He says, it's not the lions you have to look out for, pal. It's the roaches that Mishner says to Goss. He mm-hmm. says, we're roaches. You'll never kill us. We always go to the corners and then we fight back. Um, oh, Townsend uh, goes to visit his dad to ask him for help with the motorway. Yeah. That was interesting I... to discover that his, who his dad was. Yes. Um, I'm blanking on his name. He just, he passed away like this in the last year. Yeah, uh, the actor or the person? 
The actor. The actor. Oh, I was like, like oh. Uh, uh, and they had his name at the end of the episode, kind of I like mean, dedicating it to him. And I cannot yeah. remember what it was, but that was starting the tune. He was the dad and Tommy boy. Mm-hmm. I have sorry, completely blanking, and it was very much clear at the end of the episode. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he was very um, God. Even I was like Jesus. Like he was. His dad was so mean to him at the end. He's like, I'm not going to help you. And it's not because you're fat and you're queer. And I can't, he's like, it's just because you're weak and I never back a losing horse. And you were like, damn, that was like sick burn. I was like, oh, wow. So he (laughs) accepts his gay son. But I was like, yeah, he's still. I mean, yeah, I was at first. I don't know. It's kind of like double-edged sword because I mean, if he's weak or in spineless and he's a reflection of you, like there's a reason why he's that way. And I feel like that goes to your parenting, especially if you're in politics already, your son Mm -hmm. should have been very well, you know, trained for this. So the fact that he's not doing his best or just honestly not doing a good job at all, like, where do you think he got that from? But I mean, at the same time, it was also kind of that I'm your father and I know when you're not doing your best and even I'm not going to like tolerate when you're not doing what's right. So I think like it was cool because I mean, at the it was like a, under, a very thin layer of like, I accept you, like a little whisper when he was like, <laughs> that because you're queer because his parents who, you know, shame their kids for being thicker and being queer. But so it was like that thin layer of like sandpaper of a compliment. And then yeah. the rest of it was kind of like, I mean, but you still suck though. You suck for personal reasons, like hey. reasons that you can control. <laughs> right. Uh, we also see Mishner, uh, Nathan Lane goes in and makes a deal with Brad Garrett. And uh, Brad Garrett tells him, you know, if you if you want a favor for me, then that's you made a friend for life. I like you scratch my back. I scratch yours. That's it. Now. Now you owe me. Um, And that's, of course, to help Brian, uh, the Nazi scientist boy who's building this big rocket. Uh, And as it turns out more, he doesn't just want to build a rocket that can go to other continents. He wants to build a giant bomb that can wipe out cities or maybe just giant portions of a country. Um, let's see and then of course everybody i love the They're end of this episode the cat the cat the yeah. fat cat what's the name of the bar crimson cat crimson cat everybody... they all happened to end up there at the same time i was like <laughs> it was I thought... we've been waiting for this yes everybody comes together josefina uh raul maria molly comes with tiago uh mateo is there uh, with Fly Rico, everybody's everybody's gang, everybody's there to dance the night away, and they all come to face to face. They're all about to start tearing each other apart, and then Tiago throws down the gauntlet and just says, "I've always been, I've never been enough. I've never been Chicano enough. I've never been cop enough. I've never been good enough. I never was in the unions. I never did this." He's like, "This is who I am. That's it." And then everybody calms down, and then you know that pisses off the Penny Dreadful Angel of Death because she's like, "I I want a war still." Yeah. She's like, ooh, this is not what I planned. Like, this is not the script. So I need you guys to <laughs> have um, But I mean, it was, I feel like we've been waiting for this all season. We, I mean, we've been waiting for like this big grand conversation. I will say a part of me, um, I don't know if this goes into like overall season review or whatever, but a part of me kind of wanted the older brother to kind of have more of like a, 
Yeah, yeah, because he was brought back to life. Yeah, it's like he was, I mean, he was very prominent in the first episode. Like, we were very drawn in. I think that was the one character that we really had, like, a strong grasp to after the first episode. Mm -hmm. Of course, he comes back to life um, because of his mother's prayer. And then we kind of have predictions on whether he would kind of, like, have a normal life or if he was just, like, this vegetable or if he would have to die again. Like, we had all these predictions of what was going to happen now that they brought him back to life. And then I was kind of like, Okay, but nothing like he. I feel like he barely spoke after he came back to life. Yeah, hear anything? There was no backstory, so I was kind of like, uh, okay. It was like, great, we're all here. Okay, nothing. <laughs> they did. He did briefly say at one point that he was like, he was talking to his mom, and he was like, oh, like I just like I can't. He was saying like he kind of like doesn't have motivation or like I just feel blah. It's like you're yeah, and I think um and maybe I mean I don't know if you guys have heard of a season two yet. It seemed I feel like they left it kind of open for one. But it seems like maybe in the next season we'll get more of that because it was briefly touched on that he was like kind of for lack of a better term, like empty inside, considering he was brought back to life by these devil angels. (laughs) It's pet cemetery. Yeah. I thought it was gonna start killing people. I thought Um, so. So we have, uh, should, we, should we go into the finale here? Let's. Well, let's, let's, um, but the very, very end of episode nine is they, they lynch that guy. <sighs> they, um, I think his name was Jose. Yeah. They, they freaking hang him in Belvedere Heights. And I, I'm not going to lie, guys, I was crying. Like it was so horrible to watch. It and, was. Um, and so that leads us into episode 10, where we're starting episode 10, which is called Day of the Dead, which is Dia de los Muertos, Santa Muerte. Um, and we start off with, um, we're at the club, and this kid all like all of a sudden, or Lewis shows up and is like, we need to get your family out of here. Things are about to go down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you guys tell me, give me your overall thoughts, because this was, it was intense. <laughs> It was intense, and um, I actually ended up watching those episodes back-to-back, so I was able to kind of, like, see it flow into each other, mm-hmm. um, but it was from a from a film point of view, like, from the uh, directing and the writing and stuff, very well done, because you have the, um, you kind of have everyone on the dance floor, the music is chaotic, but, like, also upbeat and really nice and heartwarming, they just had this, like, family reunion moment but then you're also like flashing to these images of them um chaining lewis to the back of the truck and like then they end up uh lynching the guy and it's just kind of like your your brain is like wait what is happening and honestly like i was trying to focus so bad because they were switching between i didn't know if they were going to kill detective lewis i i was like what is going on and honestly crazy enough you know this is the series finale and i mean the season finale and we've seen all these horrible things happen i was still shocked that they did that like i don't know why i expected to be a very smooth transition to uh where he was and where the guy was going to end up um but it was really like unexpectedly expected like i wasn't surprised that the um that the officers did that but at the same time i really didn't see it coming especially after the whole club scene that we had but i really think that the way that it was written was beautifully done like the juxtaposition between the two it was just it was very hard to watch and i think kind of maybe the dance scene made it like that that spoonful of sugar that really helps the medicine go down even though it was like really hard to watch like that on top of it kind of made it i I don't want to say bearable but it helped it aided and just kind of like being able to digest and take it in 
Well, yeah, and especially too, I feel like a lot of um, a lot of companies now and like Hollywood's talking about how they have to kind of revamp and redo how they portray cops. And I feel like a lot of people are saying that they're changing their scripts, they're changing their storylines. This show was made before everything that's happened the last two or three months. So the fact that they're portraying um, dirty cops and showing that again, like it is a systemic problem because it's not just a few bad apples. This is where everybody's told they're the enemy. This is what happens. This is what we do. They're trying to kill us. So we have to kill them first. Um, and it just kind of shows you that oppressive nature of, uh, are they the good guys? I don't, you know, because literally every time we've seen a cop in this show, they're raping, molesting, beating, uh, pillaging, raping, taking whatever they want. And then they hold up a badge and go, well, I got this. So I'm protected. And then God forbid you fight back or do something against them. Then it's going to come down even harder tenfold on you. Um, so the fact that this show nails it. And I feel like, uh, um, I'm sorry, I wasn't able to get Michael Gladys, the guy who plays Councilman Townsend on this. Uh, they're moving today to his new house. So it, he was like doing all this stuff. And I, uh, I talked to him briefly last week and he's like, it's amazing how spot on the scripts were. He's like, with everything going on right now, that literally everyone making the show was like, it is very important that we show that, you know, races, that people, everyone, you know, it, it's it's a concerted effort. And that is what went into the bloods and the, the blood and bones of building Los Angeles. It was about putting people in a certain place and keeping them away. And it's this same old thing that just hasn't gone away. Yeah, it yeah it was it was hard to swallow. It's almost kind of yeah. After you saw uh, episode nine, the end of episode nine, you're like you really had to take a breath before you went into episode ten. No matter if you watched it right after or a week after when it aired, it, you kind of was like, okay, if that was not the season finale, what am I about to get into? Because you can only imagine. I mean, we see that now, and we know how we react to things that happen now, and so you can only imagine how when it's dramatized on the TV, how it's going to play out. But it was definitely like. This is not good, but a great way to set up for season two. Oh yeah, it was it was just so bonker. It's just I mean, like we said, like if there's so many core, like so many mirrorings of what just happened, and it just, but then it just shows like I don't want to say history repeats itself, but just like this is how things have always been and how they still are, and it's not okay. It's yeah. obviously not okay, and it's just to. You know, to have experienced everything that we've all seen or done or gone to or witnessed in the last few weeks mm-hmm. to like then have it regurgitated back at you on TV in a different decade is just like, oh my God. Like, it's just, they, yeah, they did a really great job with it. Um, yeah. And then, of course, this starts the, um, let's see. So, Penny Dreadful gets up on the microphone. I'm blanking on her name when she's with Pachucos. Oh, Rio. Rio. So Rio gets up, of course. It, it's like Fly Rico's like, we heard about Diego. We want to bury him. We want to honor him. We don't want to take to the streets. And she's like, no, take to the streets. Do this. And as soon as she starts saying that, and then you see Elsa in the car with Dr. Kraft and the kids, and they just saw Robin Hood. And I'm like, oh, no, these people are going to come through. And then she's going to do something. And then Frank, the little demon child, screams. So Dr. Kraft accidentally hits the car forward. That hits somebody. Then a couple sailors come out. Everybody starts fighting. And there's your race for it. Now it's starting. So now everything bad can happen. The motorway can happen. 
you have your headlines, you have white people villainizing everybody else who's not white. Like literally just as bad as it could get. You watched it all just rip apart. Yes. And I thought that all the different versions of Penny Dreadful were going to like meet up in this one spot. And I want it so bad for like somebody, anybody uh, to just like look at her in these three different areas and go like, okay, hold on, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, there's something bigger that's happening here. I don't know why yeah. I thought that was going to happen, especially when um, the uh, the Fly Rico, ver- I mean, is that is that her? Um, when she was like on top of the car, but then like her other version, Elsa was here. And I was like, can the husband just turn his head for two seconds and realize like, <laughs> she looks just like her. And that both of them are right? trying to kill you. Like it just, I, I really thought I was going to get that moment. Then I also wanted her other version, her um, secretary version to be there. Uh, somehow. I just, uh, I really wanted like it all to come together and somebody to like, look at all these people here. Like, okay, wait a minute this isn't this isn't right but of course we didn't get that um i also I just know. want to say in this moment uh rio takes the opportunity to kill fly rico plunges oh, the yeah. twists it and then hands it to mateo and says you know the king is dead long live the king i just want to say this is my grape soda pop that i'm having in honor of fly rico because the first time we see him he's getting a grape soda from the vendor oh, so. oh. it's for fly rico <laughs> I did love Fly Rico. I liked him a lot. The great character. He was, yeah, he really was. And again, like, I don't know why these things are like predictable ish. Like, when you think of these situations, the things that happen after them, the reactions are kind of like, okay, you would think that would happen. But don't tell me why I was surprised that Fly Rico was dead. I was like, wait, no, this is, I like gasped out loud. Um, just, <clears throat> I wanted more of his character. I really did. Yeah. I, I did not see that coming. Of course, I knew that Penny Dreadful was there to like, you know, shake stuff up and she wasn't going to be peaceful anymore in this episode because in all of her versions, she's kind of just a mess. But I didn't see that coming. Were you guys surprised or am I the only one that's like late to the party of realizing what's going to go on? I'm not. It's kind of what you were saying before. It's like, I wasn't, I didn't see it coming, but I'm not surprised because the way um, our our Natalie Dormer's deadly character is, it's like, if you don't fit in her plan, then she don't need you anymore. Mm-hmm. So when at the, at the club, when he's like, no guys, we're not going to fight this. We're going to go and get our friend and we're going to give him a proper barrel. When he's not doing what she wants him to do, that's when she was like, I don't need this guy. If he's just going to not move my plan along. Which is and exactly so, what her Elsa character is doing with Dr. Kraft. And she's yeah. been building up the last couple episodes, be a Nazi, be proud, be a strong, proud man. And then, of course, this whole fight, the guy smashes a bat into the car. Little Tommy gets a glass in his head. And I was like, oh, there we go. Here's the moment now where the dad's going to be like, I can't even protect my kid. So I have to become a Nazi in order to do that. And I'm like, and now he just did that. And, of course, she does the big salute, the Heil Hitler in the family room, ugh, which just... Yeah, that was, that was icky. I've never wanted to punch a woman in my life, but I <laughs> would love to punch a Nazi lady and just, ah, uh, just, you know, because you can't feel bad if they're Nazis, right? You, you don't feel bad. Yeah, I guess there's, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I can't say and be like, yes, domestic violence. But, um. She's a demon. I'm just saying she's a demon. Yes, I mean, but granted, Adam, she's a spirit. So. True. So she'd probably kill me. 
We'll um, see how well that goes. Townsend <laughs> is happy now. He's getting his motorway built. Uh, and also, he's most likely going to be mayor. So we'll see what happens in season two. Oh, yeah. He said, um, you guys. Oh, sorry. What was that? He said, when I'm in charge, heads oh. are going to roll. And uh, did you also hear, too, the way he was talking about whatever media doesn't follow us, whatever newspapers print bad uh, headlines that we don't like, we'll get them revoked. Whatever radio stations print stuff we don't like, we'll make sure they can get their licenses. It's basically the same stuff that sounds very familiar to what someone else in power is doing right now. Every time they get unfavorable mentions, let's take it away, let's get rid of it. I'm like, it's the same old stuff. But oh, sorry, yeah. that's a, a last of my soapbox. <laughs> um, one big development in the season finale is Sister Molly. She, yeah. um, she's all about Tiago, and then she has this moment where she was like, oh, well, I'll see you before work. Oh, okay, how about after work? And she's like, yeah, sure, after work. And then she talks to her mother, and her mother low-key admits that she's the one who murdered that family. Mm-hmm. And then it and then Molly, t- sadly, she takes her own life. It was really, that was tough to see, too. Mm-hmm. And she has this moment in the pool with Santa Muerte, and... um. And even though, and uh, this is my la- which she, it's you, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I've grown to very much have a strong disdain for her mother. However, to watch her mother find her dead daughter in the pool, like my heart was like ripped out of my chest. Like I couldn't, regardless of how icky she is as a character, like it was, I can't imagine. Yeah. And I mean, even though I think we all have not liked her mother throughout this entire season, but even um, even when they were talking, like her mother feels very strongly about what she did. Like she feels like that was part of her being a mom, whether we agree with her decisions or not, whether they're seen as evil, you know, illegal or any of the sorts like that's still like you can still see that she still has that motherly love, even though it's not the conventional way that we, you know, feel like we should see it. So to still like be a mom and find your child dead in the pool like you can still like I knew that that was still going to be gut-wrenching for her even if we you know feel like she's the villain of the series or whatever like that's still her child and that's one thing that I do like about the series is that everybody is humanized at some point like even if you hate them even if they're if they're Nazi if they do this if they do that they all have these very raw moments of like okay, maybe I don't hate you as much like I'm so sorry like I, I I agree Cody like I was definitely like I couldn't imagine. Even of all the things that she's done, I was just like, this is awful. Like, I, this is awful. Yeah, it's like that was her escape. Like, she felt so trapped by her mother in, this, in the church. And she was like, I'm going to go away. I'm going to go away. And in the, oopsies. And in the back of my head, I didn't expect her going away was, was literally going to be gone forever. Yeah, and um, and it didn't seem like that was her plan until her mother admitted that she was she took care of the family from the beginning. Yeah, and um, and in my notes, even in, in the previous episode, when I thought that the mother did kill the family, like I had said in like episode seven, mm-hmm. I thought Molly was a part of it, and so this episode brought to light that Molly didn't even know that was a thing. She was just like, I'm just caught up in something that I was in the wrong place at the wrong time but Molly really like had no idea what was going on and uh, yeah. I thought that was um crazy because I thought Molly was in on it 
Yeah. What do you guys think was going through Molly's head? Like just between that conversation and deciding to take her life, like what do you think she was kind of carrying? Because like you said, Cody, I don't think that was her original plan. I do think that she just kind of wanted to find a different alternative to really live her own truth, but not be attached to the church. Um, not in this type of way. So what do you guys think? I mean, obviously her mom admitting, but just tell me what you guys think was going through her mind during that time. I mean, it, oh, please, Adam, go. Oh, no, no, you, you, you go. Um, I feel like it was, because uh, obviously she's been struggling with her own identity throughout the, the season. And I feel like her plan was she wanted to legitimately run away with Tiago. Mm-hmm. But I feel like maybe when her mother told her that she, she was the one who killed the family from the beginning, that I, I feel like maybe her, her mind went to, like, then she already has such an identity crisis that, like, now she knows, like, this identity that has been fabricated for her is partially responsible for, like, the demise of, like, family. And, like, she, I mean, she was having an affair with the father of that family, but... I think at on some level there was an emotional attachment too. I don't think it was just so oh, he gets me nice things. Um, so I think she just maybe that was it. Was like she already was having trouble figuring out who she was herself. Then to have it layered on like oh, I'm also unknowingly a part of this like evil corrupt thing that is so the exact opposite of what I believe or want. Mm-hmm. and it might have just been I seemed like it was just too much to handle but maybe there's something I'm missing or not grasping I think it broke her heart when her mother was like and I you know sorry too like we had to kill the kids we had to kill the whole family didn't want to we just wanted to be the guy because he was threatening to come out against you but we had to do that that's what I had to do um and just the fact that sister Molly her entire life has been used for whatever her mom needs to advance so you know she left her in a car with guys who were drinking and molesting her so that they could trade for shelter like that was very like her mom has always used her so I think this final last recourse was this will be my decision and this will be how I leave because the way I have stayed on this planet has never been my choosing or what I wanted to do and I feel like that was her final rebellious move that was just like you're not gonna keep me anywhere now and I'm not gonna be responsible for you doing anything anymore in the name of you know the church or the temple um and also of course want to get to uh brian next was in the car rocket boy with Brad. yes Garrett. thank you i wanted to mention that too and uh tiago and of course just starts telling him oh, i already figured out the rocket but next up is this bomb it's gonna be like dropping a thousand suns and when he's just so cavalierly discussing destruction very, very casual and all three guys are just sitting in there like holy shit if we let this kid go there's a very good chance that he could build stuff for the Nazis that will destroy the planet. And so I, I thought it was a very cool moment because they all kind of decided without saying anything, we got to kill this kid. Like, and it was, he's got to go. He, he's he's got to go. Um, so when they stopped the car and, you know, Mr. says, I got to take a leak. Why don't you come out with me and take a leak? I'm like, oh, he's a, he has to do it. Like, and there was this something. This is the moment. <laughs> Yeah, it's very, and Nathan Lane just does it so well, but he's just like, I, I got to do it. I don't want to do it. And then when he tells him, like, look up at the stars, you see how beautiful. And it's just like, he's like, look at life. Look how you want to destroy all of this. Therefore, I have to destroy you. That's it. It broke my heart. That moment, honestly, it broke my heart. Yeah, that was a, that was a crazy 
thing because yeah, like you said like as we're all like in the they're all in the car just kind of like huh right yeah know. they're gonna make a bomb no oh, okay <laughs> right oh, imagine being so proud of something like you that you've done and you literally have i mean i don't think he has no idea but just imagine thinking you're doing something so harmless but you're so proud that you got it done and you're just like sitting there gushing over it and everybody's like girl what like <laughs> it was kind of like a kid like doing something wrong but not knowing that it was like a bad like saying a curse word and not knowing that it was a bad thing and then everybody's like mm, i'm gonna let you rock out but then after this i have to discipline you in some type of way yeah, it was just like this is awkward. You know, notwithstanding that every person, literally, who was responsible for building the atom bomb or different stuff, regrets it, hates it, wishes they could uninvent it. That literally, you're just making stuff that will be, you know, destruction. Uh, so anyway, Debbie Downer, there moment. But um, <laughs> as we're wrapping up to the end here, they built the motorway. They did everything. Yeah, they- I was gonna say they built the motorway, and I th- and it was so crazy the way they they, I think Tiago says it, which I. Was a little again too on the nose. As had some cheese, but it was extremely relevant. It's like they're not building motorways; they're building walls, and it was a very it was a very powerful statement. And um, very poetic. Um, yeah, and it was just like very. It's true. It's exactly what they're doing, and it and it's and it's bonkers because the way that this city currently is built is very much like that, and it's um. And it was just so crazy to end the series too with they're standing there watching the construction start, and we have Townsend, we have Miss Lady Devil Church, we have the Nazis all standing there watching the construction, and um, that was our sweet kiss of death into the end of the season. And Penny Dreadful, she shows up at the end to talk to Tiago and says, "When the world's ready for me, I'll be there. Oh, yeah. Ready to fight me? Will you do whatever?" So the fact that he's aware, so maybe he'll be a bit more open to everything Maria says next season. Hopefully we'll see now Townsend's in bed with these Nazis. They're thinking that they're going to, you know, build the next Reich in America for a thousand years. Uh, It's, um, this whole season felt a little bit like season one of Game of Thrones. Like it was just setting up all these characters yeah. Oh, maybe, yeah. Theo's over here with Pachuco. Tiago's over here with Mishner. Like, City of Angels needs us, pal. Raul's still figuring out what he's doing. Maria's fighting Elsa and the Germans, and Dr. Kraft is becoming a Nazi. Like, everybody's picking their sides now. This And it is, it's like a modern-day Game of Thrones a little bit, but um, I'm really excited for season two. There's got to be a season two. Yeah, yeah. set up too nicely for a season two for us to not get one. It we just need to be able to film again. Right. right exactly um but yeah it was really good and you know i knew it was good because like i was watching it and my mom actually was uh, walking by when i was watching on the couch and that last um i guess little like monologue or whatever that um tiago does at the end just about you know they're not building railways they're building walls I, she like looked and it kind of like caught her attention because i mean you don't know Honestly, she probably didn't know if CNN was on, if Penny Dreadful was on, or something from last year was on. It was just so relevant yeah. that it really does make you raise an eyebrow because it could apply to almost any time in history, especially when you're talking about United States history. So I was just like, uh, we've got gold. We've got gold. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, I think yeah, we're guys. towards the end here. Should we? Yeah. Um, the, I... Um, I'm a, I'm at a loss for words. It's been, sorry, I have a, this little thing in front of me. Um, you guys, 
let it's been such a great season. I very much look forward to more. Um, if those of you listening and watching, thank you so much. Comment, Willie would love to get back to you because there's so much more on this show that we probably haven't touched on that we should touch on because there's literally so much content to discuss. Wow. But um, in the meantime, before that happens, um, you guys, where can you be found outside of this panel, Tori? Yes, while we wait for them to be able to film season two, you can find me on Instagram at Toxic Model or on Twitter at Tori with Two E's. Like I say all the time, click around the channel, see if there's something that you like. If there's a show that you're an obsessed fan over, we're probably covering it in some type of way. So definitely look over there. You might find our faces. Excellent. How about you, Adam? Uh, I'm Adam here at Horribly Hollywood Single. Check me out on Instagram, Facebook, also on AfterBuzz TV, Horribly Hollywood Single. Uh, we talk bad dates, and uh, you guys are great. Thank you so much, and look forward to seeing you in season two. Yes, and I'm Cody. You can find me on Instagram at Cody Epp, C-O-D-Y-Y-E-P-P. You can bounce around AfterBuzz. I have a few different shows up on there going around. And um, yeah, we look forward to a season two, and hopefully we'll see you guys soon. So thank you all for listening, and thank you for watching. Bye, guys. It's been a good season. Bye, guys. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first. We're the biggest in the world. And we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.